Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson! And it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown! Jones has just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know the q Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time for part one of the weekend mailbag. So for that, we welcome back our friend who's the host of Pace's Playbook on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel, Kayla Pace. Kayla, what's going on? Hey, great to be back. I'm, I'm happy to be answering some more questions. Me too. And we got some fun ones here. Let's start with Michael Palace. He says, who should the Jets target in free agency and trades? We've talked about this a little bit before, but this obviously depends entirely on who is available in free agency. So you have to figure that certain guys are going to get franchise tagged. We talked before about J.C. Jackson. I can't imagine that he shakes free. But a couple of targets that I like, Marcus Williams, the safety from the Saints, most likely hits the open market, 25 years old, one of the top five to 10 safeties in the league. And you can probably get him for about $14 million, somewhere in that range. If you think about it, that's probably not far off from what they were planning to pay Marcus May if they were going to keep him. You get a 25-year-old player that locks down that position for a long time, and you don't have to worry about it in the draft. So I would certainly consider that. I've mentioned Foyer Aluakon, the linebacker from the Falcons. I had thought he was going to get a lot more money than he's projected to get. It looks like they're projecting him to get more like 7 to $8 million a year. That'd be perfect. I know he has his shortcomings. He's up and down in the passing game. However, 192 tackles last year, top 10 of all time for a season total. Very familiar with Jeff Ulbrich. He really blossomed under him in Atlanta when Ulbrich was the defensive coordinator. So I think that would be a good one as well. I would target Allen Robinson. He's definitely going to hit the open market. The question is going to be who else will be in the bidding for him and how high does the bidding go. But if you can sign him, then that alleviates a big part of the issue with the wide receiver need because then you wouldn't have to trade for Amari Cooper or draft somebody or trade for Calvin Ridley or trade for DK Metcalf or whoever it is. You would be set at wide receiver if you're able to get Allen Robinson. You could still draft one late in the draft, I guess, but you wouldn't have to use an early round pick. And then offensive line-wise, there are some pretty good interior offensive linemen that are going to be available. Obviously, Brandon Scherf will be there. He's 30 years old, history of injuries, so that concerns you a little bit. But he's one of the best guards in the league. So if you have a crack at him, 
I would investigate that. Off the top of my head, those are probably the moves that I would try to make. Obviously, dip your toe in the Dalton Schultz water, but as you said before, Kayla, I don't know that that's going to be a move they'll be able to make. He's going to get a ton of money and have a lot of teams bidding for him. So certainly, you try to get him, but I wouldn't get my hopes up. Yeah, and I've also seen some some rumors floating around Twitter about a potential tag on Dalton Schultz, so that kind of takes him out of the running anyway, if um, that ends up being the case. Uh, he was definitely my top target like at the end of the season, someone who I'd love to throw a ton of money at. Um, but yeah, like you said, there's going to be a lot of guys that the, the, the top ones that the Jets want to target, it always seems like are the guys that get franchise tagged. And it makes sense. I mean, those are the, the top quality players. Um, the linebacker from the Falcons, I also think that the Jets should take a look at. The Jets defense is in no position to uh, turn away somebody who can tackle. I think like this season, you just saw that a lot. Like guys fail into like wrap somebody up. I mean, if it's not CJ Mosley, then then the tackling was pretty below average. So um, I would definitely like to see them go after a guy like that. Um, you know, and I'm not so much of a chase another wide receiver in free agency kind of person. Um, I think that I'd rather just see the team get their own young guy in the drafts. And that's just kind of a, how do you want to use the draft picks at that point? But after signing Corey Davis, I mean, I don't think we've really seen the potential of what Corey Davis could be yet, but um, I wasn't, I, I don't think anyone was overly impressed with him in, in year one with the Jets. I don't really want to give out another big wide receiver contract at this point in time. Like I'd rather see how's Corey Davis do in a second year um, and then and add that position through the draft. Um, but that being said, I also really like what you said about Marcus Williams. I'm definitely against using a top draft pick on a safety in, in this draft. Um, I think that there's just so much else that they need to fill. So if you can go out and get a safety of the caliber of Marcus Williams, who, like you said, too, is a young guy, then then that's somebody I would definitely try to pay because it's a hole and it needs to be filled. But I I don't think that that's the spot to to be using major draft capital this year. And an underrated point that Luke Grant brought up, if you draft Kyle Hamilton at number four, for example, you have to pay him nine and a half million dollars a year right away with 25 million guaranteed, which puts him right near the top of the safety pile. Marcus Williams projected to get around 14 million, probably about 35 million guaranteed. So if you're ending up picking a guy at number four and he's going to make comparable money to the guy that you would just pay who's a proven 25 year old safety, I think you're better off doing Doing that because of the value of the other positions that you'd be passing up on to take that safety yeah. at number four. So there are a lot of things in play there, but I would love the idea of getting Marcus Williams or Jesse Bates or one of those guys if they become available. I have a feeling Bates is going to get tagged. The reason I mentioned Williams is because the Saints are at this moment $70 million over the salary cap. That's why Sean Payton left. I don't care what anybody says. I'm sure he's burned out, but the fact that he doesn't have a quarterback, has no way to add one, and is in complete cap hell, I think, is the biggest reason why he stepped away there. So I would fully expect Williams to hit the open market, and I think the Jets should be at the front of the line. Next question comes in from the Manton187. He says, chances the Jets move on from Joe Douglas if they don't compete for a playoff spot in 2022. I really think it kind of depends how it plays out. If the Jets aren't in playoff contention late in the season, but Zach Wilson is cooking and maybe they have some injuries or some other factors that are holding them back, 
then I think Douglas is probably a shoo-in to come back for one more year and then he would be on the hot seat the following year. If they're just an embarrassment next year, then Joe Douglas could be in some trouble. And that's why I keep telling people, yes, they absolutely have to fix the offense around Zach Wilson, but they have got to fix that defense too because if the defense is anywhere near as bad as it was this year, next year, then the team is not going to win very many games, and Joe Douglas is in a lot of trouble, and I'm sure he knows that. So they're going to make moves on offense and defense this offseason. I know the very big deal Chris Nimbley loves to say, offense, 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 offense. Sure, that's great, but they have got to fix that defense. They've got to at least get it to somewhere around middle of the pack. Or, as you said, Joe Douglas is going to be in a position where the Jets won't compete for a playoff spot or far worse. And he is either on the hot seat or finding himself with a one-way ticket out of town. Yeah, you know, I kind of think that he should be fine through this season unless every, like, signing and pick just absolutely bombs. Like, I think that... As long as the players that he's acquired are going out there and playing well, it'll be a lot harder to pin it on Douglas than it would be, say, like the coaching staff. I don't think the coaching staff's in any danger after this season either. I think that you got to get to year three with this team before um, this like GM coaching staff team before you start to be worried about firings. Um, but I, I do think that this season is like – it's a pretty safe one in general. I know that's like sounds maybe a little crazy to say, but I just don't see um, like I expect the Jets to be on the in the hunt graphic in December. I don't necessarily think that that means that they make the playoffs, but I want them to be playing competitive games in December. And I think that's probably what the, would line up with what the franchise wants. Obviously, they want to make the playoffs, but as long as they're competitive and having a shot, and they're, they're guys that are young that Joe Douglas has brought on himself or playing well, then I don't really see Joe Douglas being on the hot seat this season. Um, I think that his earlier years kind of fall to the wayside a little bit given the awful coaching situation and just the disaster that all of that was. I think that like he's really getting a chance to to make his name with Salah as head coach. And um I mean, that's to be determined and we'll have to see how it plays out. But I do think that he should be good to go through this year, barring, like you said, some crazy circumstances where, I don't know, like they have like the absolute worst draft of any team. Like, I I just think that Joe Douglas will do a fine enough job where players are producing um, to keep him around for at least year three. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from DAO Bagonis. He says, does swapping the fourth overall pick and a third rounder to Atlanta for the eighth overall pick get it done for Calvin Ridley? Also, any preference as far as Ridley, Thomas, Cooper, Metcalf, veteran names being tossed around? Here's the value chart for reference. And the value chart shows that a move from number eight overall to number four overall is worth a second round pick. So essentially what DAO Bagonis is asking is would the value of a second round pick and a third round pick get it done for Ridley? I think it probably would, especially since with the Jets, if you're giving up a third round pick, that's almost like a late second rounder. So if the Jets offered that, I think it would be a very competitive offer. It obviously depends on what other teams are offering. So I can't say for sure that they would take it, but I think that would absolutely be in the ballpark of what Atlanta would be expecting in a trade. 
As far as preferences, we've talked about this. I don't love the idea of getting Calvin Ridley mostly because of what's going on with him off the field. And then you have to pay him as well. But I just think that when a guy has mental health issues like that, I'm cheering for him to get well. But a lot of times that doesn't get better. We've seen that with players like Josh Gordon. And even if it does, it's always going to be lingering. You're never going to know if he needs to disappear or something like that. And in New York, this is probably just not the spot for him. So I wouldn't go after Calvin Ridley. I'm not saying they shouldn't investigate it because if the price ends up being super low unexpectedly, then sure, go ahead. But I wouldn't be willing to give up major draft capital and pay him because the situation is just not really ideal. Michael Thomas, I'd be worried about because of that injury. So I'm not so sure how much I'd be willing to give up for him. Obviously, when a player that good is available, you make a phone call, but I'd be very weary. I talked about Amari Cooper before. That would be my number one choice when you consider age, production, availability, money, and what you would probably have to give up in draft capital. I just think you could get him for a pretty reasonable price. His contract isn't that bad, and you could probably get him to negotiate down if you're willing to increase the amount of guaranteed money he's getting. We talked about DK Metcalf, great receiver. I just think the problem with him is that you're going to have to pay him a fortune and you're going to have to give the Seahawks a ton because he's so young and they have him under team control for another two years minimum because of the franchise tag that if they do move on from him, they're going to want a King's ransom. I just don't see Joe Douglas being willing to do that for a wide receiver, and I probably wouldn't either. I would rather just get Amari Cooper for a much cheaper price. So that's where I'm at with the wide receiver options in the trade market. What do you think, Kayla? Uh, Yeah, I think we agree on the Calvin Ridley thing. I don't think that he is the right fit for the Jets, and I, I just don't. I think that the problem with Calvin Ridley is that he needs somewhere where he can bounce back and the pressure coming into the Jets of like immediately being expected to produce as like a, a consistent starter. I just don't think that's the right thing for him. I think where he should be going to a team that's a little bit more loaded, where there's a little bit more room for him to ease himself back in. And like, cause like, I seriously am concerned about his mental health in the way of like, I don't want him to get to the Jets and it's overwhelming and ruins his career. Cause like there's going to be an expectation for him to step in and immediately produce at a high level and be a key fixture for the team. Like he should go somewhere like the Rams or something like that, where it's like we have all these weapons and you're going to step in and ease your way in and hopefully become a big part of it. Like just for him as a person I and for his career's sake, I hope that's what he gets. It's not even like a, oh, I don't want him because he'll be wishy-washy. Like, no, I just I want him to be able to bounce back in the best way possible. Um, and then, I mean, I would avoid DK Metcalf just for the sake of, like you said, the price tag will be really high and like, I mean, come on, the Jets fans have had way too much fun fleecing Seattle for Jamal Adams. Like, we don't need to do the reverse and have them fleece us back. Like, avoid. Avoid that. Um, And then uh, Michael Thomas, I mean, yes, the injury is a concern, but I I don't know. I think of of those options, like, he'd be the one I'd be more likely to go after just because um, the Saints are trying to unload. Like, like we talked about before, there's, they have way way too much on the books they're going to be looking to get rid of guys to bring their cap down i think that you could probably get a better deal for a team like with a team in a desperate situation and um so and michael thomas i mean gosh at his at his peak he we know what kind of guy he is and that's absolutely a player i'd love to have on the jets um but yeah i mean all of it is kind of relative we have to see what the asking prices are but 
yeah, I mean, as for like moving around draft spots, I'm really not willing to do anything totally crazy for a Calvin Ridley or a DK Metcalf or even really a Michael Thomas. Like Michael Thomas, I would want to get at the right price. I am not really looking to um, jump around it, like especially in the first round of a draft for really any of those guys, because I think, I mean, DK is a great player. I just think that they're going to ask for too much. And I'm, I don't think Joe Douglas like would be willing to give up too much draft capital just for that trade. But again, I mean, how it plays out was yet to be determined, but that's just not something I think I would do. Next question comes in from LBP Eagle Eye. He says, considering Joe Douglas didn't slam the door on trading for established players, do you see him making any trades for very good elite players that fill a big need? Yeah, I could see that potentially happening. I doubt an elite player just because the price would be so high in draft capital. But a very good player, I could see that happening. We talked about Amari Cooper, somebody like that, one of those receivers. Maybe Michael Thomas, as you mentioned. Kayla, that's a possibility. I wouldn't be shocked to see them inquire about Daniil Hunter, the outstanding pass rusher for the Vikings. They are in salary cap hell right now, so they might need to investigate the possibility of trading Daniil Hunter. Again, he makes a lot of money, so even though he's really good, the question will be, what is draft compensation? And I don't think Joe Douglas is going to be one of those guys who will give up a ton and then have to pay a guy. I think it's going to be one or the other. And along those lines, I'd be curious to see what the Saints might want if they're willing to part with Marshawn Lattimore. He's another potentially interesting trade chip that the Saints have. They have so many guys on that team that they may have to shop because it's going to be a mad frenzy for them to try and get underneath that salary cap. Right now, as we speak, Kayla, $70 million over the cap, which is absurd. I can't even believe that that's possible. So there are going to be guys available there. Like I said, Marcus Williams is almost certainly going to hit the free agent market. Lattimore might get shopped. Ramcheck might get shopped. There are a lot of guys that could be in play, Michael Thomas. So if I'm Joe Douglas, I'm keeping my ear to the ground and seeing who might be available there. So yeah, I think you could see a receiver, you could see an edge rusher, you could see a corner. All depends on who becomes available and what the price is. I don't think Joe Douglas is going to be willing to overpay. We've seen that. He sets a price and then he sticks to it. If he's giving up major draft capital, it's going to be for young players that have some level of cost control. I doubt he's going to give up a haul for somebody that he's going to then have to also pay a ton, but I think it's possible that if it's somebody who's high-priced, if he can get him for a reasonable deal in terms of draft compensation, he might do that. Like I said, a Daniil Hunter or somebody along those lines. So it'll be interesting, but Joe Douglas said that for a reason. I think he's definitely willing to go out and get a veteran, but the price has got to be right both monetarily and with the draft picks. Yeah, I mean, I agree with what you said about um, he doesn't want to pay and trade big. I, I get that for the same guy. Makes total sense. Um, but I do think at a certain point, like when the Jets are approaching, and I don't think this is the season. I think probably next season it's more likely. The Jets aren't going to have, as long as they're getting better, they are not going to prioritize having like a ton of cap space forever. So eventually that money that's available is going to be spent. And I think those are going to be like next year when they're putting the final touches on what they think is a playoff roster. I still think maybe we're a year too early for that, but it could happen with like one player. It's yet to be determined in that situation. And I think Joe Douglas is a smart guy that's handled the money aspect and like trade compensation very well. I think that's what he's done best as GM is making sure they're not 
overpaying um, when it comes to a trade or just a contract in general for a free agent. Uh, and I like that quality about him. But eventually, the money that he has in his pocket, he will spend to make the Jets um, over the top, just like to add those final pieces that he thinks will make them contenders. I, like I said, I still think we're a year away from that. I mean, Hunter, I would love to have Hunter. And I think that that's definitely like, I think that there's a very good shot that he'll be shopped like on the market to see what like they can get back for him. But I think that if this was next year, Douglas could and maybe would pull the trigger on that. But who knows? I think we might still be a year away from an addition like that. I think at this point, Douglas is still more likely to add on to the past rush in the draft um, and maybe make moves around in the draft to get those players that he sees potential in. But adding like a solid vet like that, I think is a move for the Jets who finished, uh, let's say, eight and nine this season um, and are a couple players away from making a legitimate playoff push. So I know people are getting impatient and everyone wants to add those those big guys now, but I still think um, – that those those giant contracts and the money that the Jets do have to spend that's sitting there waiting to be used will be more likely spent in excess next year. That's going to wrap up part one of the mailbag. We'll have part two for you tomorrow. In the meantime, follow Kayla on Twitter at KP underscore on underscore TV. Make sure you check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some great videos up there taking a look at Dalton Schultz, who could be a Jets target, free agency at tight end. Speaking of tight end, he's got a great video up there of Trey McBride, the tight end out of Colorado State, and what he thinks McBride could do for the Jets offense if the Jets were to draft him. He's got a video up reviewing Zach Wilson's most recent performance against the Buffalo Bills and breaking down how he went from being a turnover-prone quarterback to a turnover-free quarterback. That's all on our YouTube channel right now, so check out those videos and subscribe if you haven't already. Visit our store at tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, mugs, hoodies, caps. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And make sure you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you can go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. <laughs>